0: Well, good morning. It is so good to see you, and uh, welcome to the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I trust that you are excited about this week, and you have a lot of plans, and it is truly a privilege to be here and join with you today. And uh, as Pastor Chris mentioned, we pray for Pastor Aaron and Day and the girls, that they would have a great time. We send blessings and prayers to protect them. And as... uh, We've been going through the series of just saying, uh, Pastor had mentioned uh, several weeks ago, it asked me to speak this week, and so it is truly good to be here. Uh, there's a lot of new people always coming into the church, and I have to introduce myself whenever I come, because most of you don't see me very often, because I'm always gone speaking, and uh, so for anybody that uh, doesn't know who I am, uh, my wife was one of the ones up here on the worship team, and uh, we are full-time evangelists, and so we're always out speaking and ministering somewhere in the world, but so good to be here at our home church, and uh, and I heard that Pastor Chris did it a great job last week. He spoke the second week of the series, just saying, and we love Pastor Chris and his family and what they bring to this church. Uh, we we're really good friends, and we realize each other's giftings. I, I know why God called me to be an evangelist. One of the reasons is God knew that I needed more church than most people, I think, because I'm in church all the time, and God was like, you are too much of a heathen. You need a lot more church. That's why I'm calling you to be an evangelist, so. But Pastor Chris, what a blessing he is to our church and the connecting gifting and, and love that he has in making everyone feel special and always calling and checking on people and going by and praying with them and being encouragement. And we, we just honor you, Pastor Chris. We love you and, and Brittany. And uh, we thank you so much for the investment you're making into our lives. Uh, wow it is uh, it 's hard to believe that we 're coming toward the end of two thousand and seventeen isn 't it? I mean, this year has just flown by, and we 're already thinking about two thousand and eighteen but uh, I, I was speaking in uh, Council Bluff, Iowa, last Sunday, and I was you know in my hotel praying and just seeking God and one of the things that I always ask God is is not only to finish out the year but to give me a challenge and a word for 2018, for the next year. But as I was doing that, he reminded me, and he just he got my attention about something. He says, you know what? The tendency for, I think, a lot of Christians in the church is that when we get to Thanksgiving, we kind of like just the next few weeks toward the end of the year, it's just lost in the holiday season and what God said was, he, he spoke it very clearly to me last weekend. He says, I'm not done doing something in your life in 2017. So I would challenge you that you would not allow these last remaining weeks of 2017 to be lost. But this would be a specific time that God could speak something into your life. And uh, we thank you so much for praying for us. In a few weeks, I'll be going to uh, South America. Uh, I'll be down in Talagante, Chile, uh, holding a soccer salvation camp and a citywide crusade. This is really cool. Um, We always do crusades with our camps that we host. And... So I had been praying because they had told me about Talagante, the, ch- the city that we're going to go to. They had been telling me about used to the the crest for the town on the town flag and the crest that they had for years, for decades. It had a witch on it because that was one of the main things about Talagante. Uh, the witchcraft was a very, very strong part of who they are. And I just began to feel like as God was preparing to put things together that that God really wanted to ignite a revival in this city. This city, this is a big city. There, you know, I, I don't know how many people, tens of thousands of people. And I was just began to pray about this. Well, I got to talk to the missionary just a couple of weeks ago, and he began to say, you know what? God's been laying up on my heart. He says, I'm gonna check in to see if we can uh, get permission to hold the crusade in the city plaza, which is right in the center of the town and i 'm like I just jumped all over that, and I said "No, nah, there 's a great idea, or we can we can just have the crusade in the in the soccer stadium at night." I'm just believing that God's going to do something supernatural. Would you pray uh, with us? Would you pray that as I go to South America and that we take a step of faith that not only are we going to reach the kids and their families during the day, but we're going to see something happen that literally, wouldn't it be great to see them uh, take the witch off and put a cross up or something like that or put the face of Jesus, amen? And. Seriously, like specifically this church having an impact in a city in South America that you may never go to, you may never travel to, but God is going to use that. And so God is opening up doors around the, around the globe and we thank you so much for standing with us. We really appreciate your prayers and we never take it lightly. This is our, our home church and so thank you so very much. Would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? Turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 4. Now, as I told the earlier service, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very shallow because I'm an evangelist. And what I mean by that is I really count on a lot of participation to keep me going during the message, okay? So I need you to get your amen ready. I need you to get your hand clap ready, your high five, your touchdown, your home run, your slam dunk, whatever you have to do. Because I can assure you... Exactly. I can assure you today while you're watching your team play or yesterday you're watching your team play that uh, there was times that you were shouting or you were jumping or you were or maybe doing something else when it didn't go so well. But there was something coming out and uh, I know that today God responds to his people. So let's let's just have a great time this morning. Allow God to speak to you. Mark chapter four, verse thirty five. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Lord, may you speak to us today. God, may we be taken to a level of faith that we have never experienced. God, I know it's not by accident and it's not by coincidence, Lord, that we are here today. Lord, that the specific people that are sitting here in this service right now, as you speak this word to us. So God, I pray right now for the next few moments that you would make this personal. God, that we would allow you to stretch us, to take us to a place that you were trying to take your disciples God, may you not be frustrated with us as the body of Christ like you were frustrated with the disciples that day, but may we understand. May we watch, may we learn, and may we act upon your faith. God, I thank you in advance. Lord, we are just saying, Lord, that today is a day of miracles. Today is a day of healing. Today is a day of breakthrough. Lord, we speak those words of faith, that every life in this room right now, Lord, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they're facing, Lord, we just say, Lord, speak into our lives. Heal us, deliver us, encourage us, challenge us, take us to that place that you desire for us to go. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, when my wife, uh, Came and sat down after being up here. She she saw that I had our remote from home, and she's like, kind of elbowed me, What are you doing with a remote? Like, did you mean to put that in your bag with your Bible and your notes? And yes, I said, but uh, you don't get a preview just because you're my wife. You know, special, no special treatment here. You know, you'll just have to wait and see. But uh, uh, I don't know if you have this kind of remote. A lot of you maybe do, you know, Xfinity. Uh, It's one of their new remotes. And I I was just thinking about as when Pastor Aaron says, you know, I I want you to speak on the faith part of of just saying, in other words, that we got to speak those words of faith. We got to speak in faith, believing and knowing that we can expect something to happen with God. And you begin to think about all the things that are voice activated in our world that we live in today. And like, like this. (laughs) Like, I remember the very first remote we ever had, and my brother, being the great engineer that he is, developed our first remote in our house, and it was a yardstick with a pencil taped to the end of it. (laughs) Go to channel, change channel, change channel. Not a lot of voice-activated faith, you know? You just had to be close enough to the TV, you know, and uh, I remember that. But then you think of all the remotes that we've had over the year and all the things like. And so now this remote has that uh, that old timey looking like, I guess, radio microphone that is the button that you press and then it shows up on the screen listening. And then that's when you're supposed to be talking is when your remote is listening, you need to be talking, okay? And you need to speak clearly, and do not speak too fast, and do not speak with an accent, and do not speak with slang words. You just, you know, and it's amazing. Now I can hold that one button, and I don't have to know any channel number anymore. Uh, For a guy, not such a big deal. For a woman, a very big deal, because I can tell you every number of every channel. My wife's like, well, it's HGTV. I don't know what number it is. You know, it's you know, it's like, and, and so uh, you know, you think about like, have you seen the commercials for iRobot? Does anybody have one of those? You have an iRobot. I mean, it's just this amazing. Can't you just see those, eventually being acclimated for church, just to take up the offering or hand out communion and. You know, and you can just see that we'll have iRobots down here to pray for you. Just come down, speak into it what you need prayer for, and the iRobot will speak, you know, a prayer. I mean, it's just incredible to think of all the things. Uh, I don't know also if you uh, get as frustrated as my wife and I do when we try to activate and we speak to Siri. I'm pretty sure Siri is from the devil, not from God. Because Siri has a major hearing problem, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can like a hundred times. Where is the closest Burger King? And it's like, okay, Boskovs. You know that is twenty miles, away. and it's like, no, you know. And you're just you're just getting frustrated, and, and then you resort to saying, Siri, you are. Uh, stupid, you are brain dead. We should not use words like that. You know, she'll come back like that, you know, and you can just sense those frustration. Well, it it kind of reminds me of this moment on a boat. And isn't it amazing how many times the disciples and Jesus were on a boat? I am I I would have loved to have been one of the twelve disciples. I would have loved to have been on the time with Jesus, but the amount of boats that they had to be on. I have to say that probably wouldn't have been so good for me because I get seasick, all right? And, and I don't need some bad storm either to make me seasick. One time we were doing a missions trip to Rostock, Germany. How many has ever been to Rostock, Germany? Yes, I see all those hands. Uh, Rostock, Germany is, was in the East Germany area, uh, and it was all the way in the top of Germany. And is that the Black Sea or the Baltic Sea at the top of, by Germany? Come on, anybody? Come on, who's, who's got geography? I always get those confused. I'm going to say it's it's one of those, okay? We'll nail it down to two. It's possibly the Black Sea or the Baltic Sea. Y'all just take a pick, okay? Baltic. All right, we'll take it. We'll say Baltic, okay? Earlier service, it was the black, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so... On our one day off, they said, we're going to take you and we're going to take a train to the edge of the Baltic and then we're going to get on a ship and we're going to go across and we're going to land in Denmark and we'll have fun in a city in Denmark for the day off. Well, I could have done without that day because I got so sick. I was laying on the bottom of that ship And I was green, I was so nauseated and sick, and it just so happens that uh, laying on the bottom of the ship on the floor where everybody else was walking and dropping things, somebody apparently did not eat their whole chocolate candy bar. So it just happens to find underneath me and I'm like wallowing around the whole time over and I'm like, I get up finally when we land and, and I am so sick and I am covered in chocolate. And I'm like, this cannot get any worse. It was just a horrible experience. So if, if, if I can understand with the disciples, all these boats, probably not a good thing, but particularly this night wasn't a good time to be on a boat. Because they're like, Let's get to the other side. And isn't that the goal of life, to get to the other side? Like to get to a destination, to go to a, a, a destination that God has, maybe the will of God for your life, or maybe you want to get closer to God or you want to get closer to him in an area that you, you want to go deeper. And God was like, let's go to the other side. Well, let's get on this boat. So they began to go across. And this furious squall came up. I mean, this major storm came up. And all of a sudden, it went from a wonderful day with Jesus to being out in the middle of this lake. And there is this storm, and it is just coming and hitting them. And the waves are coming up over the side of the boat, and they think they're going to drown. And if... That can illustrate the greatest point of knowing that when we have faith and we can have the words of faith, that when the storms of life come, that we know that we're going to be okay because Jesus is in the boat. And in this story, you see Jesus is in the boat. And here he is, and he's doing The exact opposite of what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is like, get your life jackets on. Somebody get buckets, start chunking the water over the side. Oh my goodness, we're going to die. They started shouting, they're screaming and they're worried. And the whole time this worst storm of their life is going on and they look around and where's Jesus? Well, he's in the protected stern of the boat, He's not up there worrying and biting his fingernails and calling 911 and sending out SOS. No, he is sleeping. Everybody else thinks they're drowning and dying and he's sleeping. And he wasn't just sleeping just on a hold hard bench or on the bottom of the boat. No, he was in the protected stern. He was asleep and he was on a cushion. So it looked like... This is not even right. And isn't that sometimes how life is? Uh, One time I was doing a a soccer salvation camp. And the reason why this one will never be forgotten out of my mind is it literally was taking place a few days after 9-11. Okay, like not... 9-11, 2002, or 2005, or whatever. It was literally a few days after 9-11 occurred. 2001, September 11th, 2001, we, just like eight or ten days later, I was on a flight to Chicago to meet the entire team, and then we're going to fly through the night from Chicago to Sao Paulo, Brazil, And then we're going to connect to a national airline in Brazil and fly three hours to our final destination of Fortaleza, Brazil. And so when I got to the airport in Chicago and I met this group and they're like, they're just so fresh and young and and have no idea what's in store for them. Most of them had never even flown in their life. Most of them had never been out of the country. They had to get their brand new passports and everything. And they're so excited and they meet me and and then we fly 10 and a half hours. Well, there's something you need to know about flying to Brazil is you have to have a visa in your passport for Brazil before you can get on the plane here in America. They will not. It is one of the few countries of the world that, that requires Americans to do this. Most countries, we can fly to and even if we have to have a visa. We get it when we land right there in the airport. No big deal. But Brazil requires us To send our passport before we go on the trip to their consulate here in America and they have to stamp and approve and you have to pay for your visa so that you can go to Brazil. I knew that. I had been to Brazil many times. I had that. And so I told the whole team, you have to get your visa. You have to get your passport, all this. So they show up with their bright, shiny, brand-new passports. And they got their brand-new visas for Brazil. And literally, they check it in the airport here in America before you fly. And they will not allow you on that plane to go to Brazil if you do not have that visa. Because if they, as the airline, allow someone to come to Brazil, without the correct visa, they will charge, they will fine that airline over $3,000. So the airline has a lot of motivation not to let anybody on the plane that does not have a visa into Brazil. So we get on the plane that night, we fly 10 and a half hours through the night. We land there and I'm the one that knows everything. I'm the one that's going to get them to the next airline. I'm the one that has the money. I'm the one that has the connection. I'm the one in charge of this group, and I send them all through the passport control. They get their passport stamped, and then it's my turn to step up there, and I step up there. I'm in the boat, shall we say. I'm in the middle of the lake, shall we say. I am committed. I am in the middle. I'm not just starting on The shore. I am in the middle of the lake. We have already made it to Brazil. And I walk up to the passport man there. And I hand him my passport. And he looks at it. And then he turns and he speaks something to someone in Portuguese. And then he turns back to me and he says, We have a problem. He says, Your visa for Brazil is expired it's out of date. I said, no, it's not. He said, yes, it is. I said, I applied for a five-year visa. He said, well, you didn't get a five-year visa. You got a 90-day visa. I said, there's no way it's a 90-day visa because I've already been to Brazil twice on this. And the first time on that visa was last year. And then This year, I came earlier in the year, and there was way more than 90 days between the first time and the second time, so I said, it's not possible. There's no way, because I wouldn't have got into Brazil the last time. He says, yes, that is correct, but the problem is, is the guy that let you into Brazil last time did not see that. He will be getting a reprimand and in trouble, but he says, I'm just saying you're not coming into Brazil. And I'm like, I'm just saying, I'm a missionary. I'm here for the Lord's work. I'm here to help your country. I've got a whole team. They have no clue what they're doing. i got all the money, all the connection. He's like, I don't care. You will be back on the first plane to the United States back tonight at your own expense. You're not coming into the country. I look across. There is a wall of clear window glass, and I can see this group that's with me that they have this look, and I can only imagine they're looking like that because I'm looking like a certain way because I am like as sick to my stomach. I am so upset, frustrated, feeling so overwhelmed because some of these on the team, they're like Teenagers like they're in and their parents signed release waivers for me to take care of them and be with them. And now I'm going to abandon them in another country. I have messed up royally. I mean, they made me stay in the airport all day. They took my passport. I had to wait until the flight started flying back to the United States that night. And I am in the middle of this situation. And I'm like, God, here is a squall. Here is a storm that is going to sink this boat. And I had a decision to make. Just like the disciples they have a decision to make, just like you and I. I had a decision to make. Either I call the whole team and say, well, that's the way they're going to be. Let's just go home. Could have said, well, there's no way this is going to work. But God was wanting us to get to the other side. Is the other side admitting defeat when just the first wave comes and, and the first water starts coming into the boat and, and, and you're feeling a little worried. And, and I, I got on a plane that night and I flew back to the, to the United States. I flew to Miami this time because Miami has a Brazilian consulate. I land at 4.30 in the morning and then I go and I wait in line for when the consulate opens at 10 o'clock. I stand in line. I finally get up there and it's my turn. And I try to look as the most pathetic as I can possibly look at this moment for this person to realize this is the most urgent situation. And I am like begging and pleading with them. I need a new visa today so I can go back to the airport and fly for the third night in a row back. To Brazil, please, I need a new visa. I have a whole team that is there. I just flew there. They're saying, my passport, my visa is messed up. I need it. They're like, we don't do same-day visas. Don't you love it when God is given multiple opportunities to show how supernatural he is? You think about this moment that the disciples are like, Jesus, we think we're drowning and you're sleeping. You know where God wants to take us? He wants it to take us that we, when we face those situations, that we react the way He reacts. In other words, ultimately knowing that the wind is not something I have to be afraid of. A crash of the stock market is not something I have to be afraid of the latest disease or the latest maniac walking into a church, blowing people away, some crazy dictator in some country that's going to think about sending nuclear warheads. No, you see, we have got to realize that according to scriptures, it will only get more chaotic. It will only become more storms as we get closer to Christ coming. And what God wants to know is that everyone in the boat, the disciples of Christ understand what Jesus understood and that is, go ahead throw your best at us, Storm. Throw your best at us, enemy. But there is a power and authority in this boat that if we say in the name of Jesus, disease you can no longer touch this body. If we say to this pain, if we say to this addiction, if we say to that that seeks to destroy your life we have the authority that Jesus Has as he stood up that day and began, he just got a little frustrated with the disciples because he's like, What part of this do you not understand? Instead of looking at it like Jesus, we're afraid we're gonna drown. And let's be let's be honest, there's times in our lives that are like that, correct? I'm drowning. I don't have enough money to pay my bills, I don't have a job, cancer is taking over, marriage is falling apart, we get overwhelmed. We immediately began to, f- to think the boat's going down. And if there's ever a time to understand that what we have through the power of our words is the power of ultimate faith, is understanding what Christ understood. Because he was like, where's your faith? Disciples, if it was all easy, if we would have come from one side of the lake to the other side with no challenge in between, you would have never realized the potential that God has in your life. You see, if there's no storm to stop, if there's no wind to calm, if there's no waves to stop, then you may miss out on one of the greatest things that we have as disciples of Christ. And that is the, the incredible authority and power that we have in the name of Jesus. I came back at the end of the day at 330 and they gave me my passport, and they said, you have your visa. So I got back on the plane. Third night in a row, I'm flying. <laughs> back to Brazil. And if you're sitting here going, well, Ron, I will never trust anybody in my family to go with you on a mission trip. <laughs> By the way, after service, we'll have a sign-up list for my next Mrs. Tripp, if you'd like to go. If you are sitting there so worried about that group of people that I abandoned in Brazil, may I take away all your fears and doubts because while I am carrying the weight of being like the just the biggest loser on the planet showing up to lead a team and my visa is no longer good and I abandon them may I take away all your trepidation about what they endured while I'm flying back and forth between America and Brazil I called the church I gave them the money they went and caught their flight. They landed in Fortaleza and for the next three days while I'm going back and forth trying to get a new visa, they are being taken care of like princes and princes and they are being hosted. They took them to a beachfront hotel. They took them out to eat. They took them to the beach. They took them to every tourist spot. So when I show up three days later and I want to take them to all these places, it became the running joke when I would Point something out that because I'd been there many times, they'd go, Oh, yeah, Ron, we've never seen that. <laughs> Except yesterday. <laughs> Heathens. You know, sometimes we get so consumed with the issues of. The storms, when we're sitting there in the boat and the water is coming further up, the waves are getting worse. And sometimes we miss the perspective that God has that he wants us to understand. Remember that God uses people. That's how he Incorporates faith is he gives us the situation. Remember when Peter came to Jesus and he says, Jesus, it's tax time and we've got to pay our taxes. And Jesus says, Okay, pay our taxes. And Jesus, Peter says, Well, we don't have any money to pay our taxes. And Jesus says, Well, just go fishing. Just go fishing. And the first fish you catch reaches inside its mouth and there will be enough money to pay our taxes. (laughs) That's funny. That really happened. See, you accept that in the Bible because as some spiritual thing, oh, that's really cute. Oh, that's really like, it's like reading a Disney story or something like that. And you look at that and you, oh, it's in the Bible. But there was really a moment that was really serious, that had serious repercussions if it didn't take place. And the response of Jesus was to say, go fishing. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a chance to have faith. I'm not just going to write you out a hundred dollar check. I'm not just going to give you a pot of gold. I'm going to require upon your part to have faith. And that's exactly what God wants us to realize, is that we all must go through those moments and times in our lives that he said, like, you've got to have faith. And God wants to take us to that place that the world can be caving in around us. But all we do is exactly what Jesus did. Go curl up in the stern and the protection from the storm and the waves. Find a cushion and go to sleep. Wouldn't it be great in 2017 as we finish out this year and we start 2018 that all the things that stressed us out overwhelmed us this year that in 2018 it will be ha ha Satan you are exposed this will no longer work when the storms and life come in this next year you know what I'm going to do at those times I'm not going to freak out I'm not going to go turn to the bottle and turn to the drugs and turn to the suicidal impulses and turn to cutting myself I'm not going to turn to the depression and I'm not going to turn to the things of this world I'm going to turn to my Lord and my Savior and I'm going to speak those things as though they are because they are in Jesus Christ and I say to the storms that have come against my family generation after generation and every generation and every marriage that has been destroyed every time that somebody else has been afflicted with another disease you see Satan it ends now you see now is the moment that I'm going to get to the other side and how I'm going to get to the other side is no matter what you throw against me I will stand tall as Jesus says and I will speak to the wind and the waves and I will say, "Peace be still, and it has to submit to the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. It has to You see, maybe you 're looking at me here right now, and you say, well that 's easy for you to say, but the reality is is just by me preaching this is by faith, because every day I live with pain. In my back, every day, I face the reality of the past of disease and sickness and injury. And the reality is, is the enemy would love to point out the fact that I'm going to another doctor on Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. He would love to remind me that in my own boat, it seems like it is ever sinking. and There's always another wind and wave. But the reality is... Is that we have got to become the people that say, I'm just saying that no matter what the results say, no matter what the forecast says, no matter what the tests say, I'm just saying that in the name of Jesus Christ, I am walking victorious. I'm an overcomer. I'm pressing through. I'm going to make it. I'm going to get to the other side. You see, this is what God says. He says, it's not just good enough to be in the boat with Jesus. So many, well, I'm in the boat with Jesus. I'm good. Well, as the disciples found out, (laughs) no, you're not good. You can't just be in the boat with Jesus and expect to not have to incorporate faith. Jesus let them get scared. He was dreaming back there, snoozing away, and they're thinking they're going to die. You know what? Sometimes we really need to realize that God wants to show us look how big of a God I am. You know, this is the funny thing about this story. I got back, I landed back in Brazil, and. Because it was just a few days after 9-11, the planes were really empty. Hardly anybody was flying. Everybody was afraid. So because I fly a lot with United, they upgraded me to business class. I was like the only person in business class. Then there was a guy in first class. He was the only one in first class. So when we pulled up to, to the gate and we're going to get off the plane, Right there at the doorway of the jetway, there are like four people that have come down to the gate. And they are standing there so that when this guy in first class steps off the plane, they are there to receive him. Because I found out that this guy was a VIP. He was... A very important person. I don't know who he was. I I, I don't know if he was government. I don't know what he was. But he was a very important person. He was so important that four people were allowed to come all the way down to the plane to receive him. And that's not allowed. Because you got to go through passport first. got to go through customs first. You can't just have... This guy was really special. So literally, when we get off the plane... We go to Passport, where I'd just been two days earlier and got rejected, and we get up there, and this guy goes through the VIP line. And because I was non-VIP, I was the schmuck that had no VIP, I went through the regular line where there, were no, it, there was nobody else going through. Nobody else was in the line. I literally show up in the air where you go back and forth and back and forth when you have the long lines and you stand and you wait till the next person to call you up and stamp your passport. And so I walked up in the regular line. He went right through to the VIP line. And literally, so I'm the first person and the guy calls me up to step. To, to look at my passport and look at my visa and give me the stamp and introduce me and welcome me into Brazil. Well, at the time that he calls me up, he sees the VIP. He apparently knows who the VIP is because he is a very important person, so this is literally what happened. I come up handing my passport. The guy now stands up in his little cubicle where he 's usually sitting he 's standing up where he can look at the VIP and all of the hub hub is going around him, and all the people who were standing around him, and this guy literally takes his stamp, takes my passport, doesn 't even look down, go, hands it to me, and says, "Welcome to Brazil No." No, you look at my visa. You will look now. It's brand new. Do you know what I had to do to get this? No. Where was the VIP three days earlier? Huh. <sighs> you know what? That turned into one of the most incredible soccer salvation camps we've ever had. At one point, it so easily could have been canceled. About out of all the kids that were reached, there was an 18-year-old young man that was living on the streets. He was in a gang. He'd never been to church. And he was in that camp. And he got gloriously saved. God began through that church to disciple him. And the many times we've went back to that city and to that church, we've seen that man every time. First, he was a greeter, come back, and he had his tie on. he would stand at the back of this church. This church runs thousands of people. He would stand there every time I was reminded as he stood there and he shook somebody else's hand that's so close, so close because of a storm that I would have never expected, that I should have never went through. So close, that man could not be standing there. And then we would come back, and, and, and then he was on the worship team, and God moved him up on the stage. And then he found a Christian young lady, and they got married. And then God called him to the full-time ministry. I don't know if you're getting the goosebumps out there like I'm getting up here, but I'm the one that's lived through that, and I've talked about that. But still today, that was 2001. It's getting ready to be 2018. All those years ago, so easily a storm, but we, we speak words of faith by the actions that we act out. Those disciples understood something. They recognized something that night, and that is, is that Jesus possesses a power that he wants us to possess. And that is that we can even speak to the wind and make it calm. That's not a metaphor. That's reality. So if we've been given the power to speak to to the wind, that we can speak to a storm, that we can speak to the rain to stop, then there's nothing in our life that we can go through that God can't give us that authority and to come out on the other side because the last thing that God ever wants you to think because you're already in the boat with Jesus, the last thing he ever wants you to think is you're going down while he's in the boat. He literally offended Jesus. What? What? Jesus, don't you care if we drown? Do you know what they just said? They said, we haven't learned anything. We have missed everything you've been trying to teach us. It's not good enough just to be in the boat. We've got to realize the authority that's in the boat. And the way we partake of that is we take steps of faith. We act out the faith. Amen? Amen. Father I thank you and I praise you for this chance and this opportunity and God I know that we live in a world that is voice activated and sometimes I think we miss the importance of God of what you're wanting to illustrate and say to us and God what a what a powerful what a powerful moment that must have been on that boat that night that the disciples that were in the boat with Christ thought they were going to drown because of a storm. God, I know. God, I know. Going through a lot of storms in our lives can really try to away at our faith. And God, there's there's one powerful observation that we can learn from this. You can be in the center of God's will, literally walking with God. And that does not mean that there won't be storms. But what it does mean is no storm will be allowed to sink us and destroy us. No depression. No cancer. No attack on our marriage. No attack on our child. No attack on our finances. God, we don't want to finish out 2017 and just being... Someone in the boat with Jesus. God, we want to be the ones that understand what you understood. No matter how bad it gets, Lord, we have that authority in your name. And so we say to every strategy, of the enemy. That you may have intimidated us in the past and you may have scared us in the past, but today is a new day. That I speak to those things that seek to destroy me, and I speak the name of Jesus and the peace that He brings. I speak to those winds and those waves and the storms and the water that seeks to drown me. I speak to those things with the authority that Jesus spoke to those winds. And that storm could not do anything But obey. God, we've been given that same authority. We've been given that same opportunity. God, we want to get to the other side. We want to go to that place with you. We want to go to the deep areas. We want to go to those deep places, Lord. We want to grow stronger. We want to grow more in our relationship with you. And so we ask right now, Lord, that you would take us to a place that, Lord, that you illustrated that all of us can understand, Lord, that there is complete and utter peace and rest. When everyone else around thinks they're drowning, God, we know we are in the hands of the Lord and we're going to be okay. Our family is going to be okay. Our our, our business is going to be okay. Our our children, our grandchildren are going to be okay. Our our marriage is going to be okay. Our our ministry is going to be okay. Our church is going to be okay because we have that power and authority in the name of Jesus.